0: Millions and millions of people have found themselves, uh, obviously, in completely different workaday worlds as a result of the pandemic. Many, many offices just closed. People transitioning to some form of work-from-home arrangement. But how much longer will that last? Uh, in the U.S., many offices are reopening. People are heading back to the cubicles, and a lot of them are asking, why? Why are we doing this? Here in Alberta, the work-from-home order will be gone this week, as of the 10th, um, still recommended but uh, a slight, subtle change there. And no doubt, a lot of Albertans soon heading back to the office too. And you can bet a lot of them will also be asking why. We've proven that some people can very easily perform their duties offsite. So flexibility uh, is becoming a big, big deal. Now, of course, for a lot of Albertans, you don't have the option to work from home. You have to be in the workplace to do their job. So we see a situation where not all of us are in the same position here. Um, Joining us now to talk more about the changing face of the workplace is Wendy Sukir. Uh, Wendy is the uh, academic director and founder of the Ted Rogers School of Management's Diversity Institute at Ryerson University. Wendy, thanks so much for joining us this morning. I appreciate your time. Oh, thanks for having me. It's really interesting. You know, we, we went through something that I don't think any of us have ever gone through before, or likely ever will again, this forced transition where this massive event happened and we all had to switch the way we did things working from home and all the rest. For a lot of people, it really worked out very well, didn't it?
1: Well, yeah, and I would be one of them. You know, I have a nice big house and high-speed internet and air conditioning and people who will bring me food, and it's perfect.
0: Um, So as we come out of this phase, there's already a lot of workers that are saying, you know, what we don't need to or we don't want to return to the office. They've proven that they don't need to be there. Um, So are companies going to be in a position now where they have to try and rethink the whole workplace environment and, you know, become more flexible with their employees?
1: Absolutely, and we did research a couple of years ago looking at the Federal Public Service, for example, and one of the biggest barriers young people ha- uh, faced in terms of uh, joining the Federal Public Service was the inflexibility about uh, around work hours, and a lot of young people would, for instance, trade off salary for more flexibility in terms of where and when they work. So um, we know with people with disabilities, um, flexible work hours, ability to work at home, huge issues. So I think there's going to be pressure from employees, and I think a lot of employers as well, are looking at the cost-benefit analysis. And, you know, there's been talk about remote work for many, many, many yeah. years because it saves, obviously, real estate costs and so on, which in a city like Toronto are a, a big deal. And so I think there are employers who are probably looking at this too and, and saying that it's win-win.
0: Um, now, of course, it doesn't apply equally. Not everybody is in a position where they have the option of working from home. Um, are we creating sort of Two systems of work here where, I mean, especially if you think of people who are earning lower incomes by and large, they're in retail, they're in service industry, things like that. They don't have the option of working from home.
1: You're absolutely right. And, you know, we've seen, we've seen really COVID, I think, highlight a lot of inequality. I mean, we did a study recently around access to internet and people think of that as primarily an urban rural thing, which of course it is. And that affects some populations like indigenous peoples more than others. But it's also an urban thing. I mean, in Toronto, 42% of racialized families said they couldn't afford high, high speed internet and they had kids working on smartphones to do their homework because you know in ontario we transitioned for a much longer period of time to uh online learning and so on so there's huge inequality in terms of you know access to technology i had i had staff who were working in the car to get away from the kids because they lived in small environments. I had people who didn't want to turn their camera on on their Zoom call because they didn't want people to know where they lived. I had staff who couldn't work during the day because they didn't have air conditioning. Like It really drew, I think, for me into high relief, the inequality that really existed even among my own team.
0: So what do we do with that going forward? I mean, you're right. That's a really interesting discussion where a lot of people... Oh, it's great. I can work from home. But for a lot of people, it would be, it would be the worst position to be in.
1: hundred percent. And we had to make all kinds of... You know, I actually turned a floor of my house into a drop-in center for the people who really had nowhere to go. But um, I think flexibility and customization is really what what's key. And if if employers want their staff to work at home, they've got to be prepared to invest in ensuring they have, you know, the proper chairs, the proper monitors. They have access to high speed high speed internet. I my sense is that. Um, I'm a bit of an anomaly that a lot of people would prefer a blended option right. where they go into work part of the time and so on but I do think that the big thing that covid has has broken is the idea that a lot of supervisors had that if they couldn't see people they weren't working and I think you know a lot of organizations had to pivot very quickly to try to find new ways of supervision and engagement and team building and all kinds of things and many have found it's actually working and you know productivity is improved in some instances
0: i'm wondering has there been work done around that because i think you're right before the pandemic i think a lot of supervisors and a lot of managers would have thought you know what work from home, whatever. You're just going to be goofing off all day. Productivity is going to crater. We're not going to get done what we need to get done. Now that we're a year into this, is there work being done and some surveys and some studies among companies to say, hey, you know what? Our employees are grown ups and we treated them like grown ups and they got the job done. This can work this way?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, a lot of, a lot of organizations that really make their bread and butter off high, high-skilled talent, consulting firms, tech firms, and so on, are really moving forward on this very quickly to try to think about how they can redeploy resources, get rid of some of the office towers, provide more support and flexibility for employees. I mean, people have talked for a long time about things like, you know, four-day work weeks and and all kinds of other flexible arrangements that some organizations were a lot quicker to embrace. And I do think that, you know, the, the upside of COVID, if there is one, is that it has really accelerated innovation On a number of fronts, you know, I've worked at a university where you know for years, people said, "Ah, we can't teach people unless they're in a classroom and suddenly, you know overnight, we converted to online I've worked with you know been the chair of a board of a hospital where the biggest impediment to digital health was physicians who didn't feel patients should have access to their health records or felt they had to you know see and touch them in order to assess them and and look at how that has accelerated. There are all sorts of things that have moved forward in in weeks or months that we thought would take years and years to accomplish but we have to make sure that the human processes and the organizational processes and the management processes keep pace should businesses be
0: i mean i'm if you're running a business or an office or whatever the case may be at this point in time i think you should have a plan pretty much in place right i mean this is going to be happening fairly soon and you don't want to just sort of i mean you did it in an instant because you had to with the pandemic but now you have an opportunity to sort of plan what it's going to look like post pandemic. Do you need to be building that plan right now?
1: 100% and there's some uh, consulting firms are all over this. I think in fact was PwC in Calgary if I'm not mistaken that had some really interesting sort of models and recommendations, and most of the big consulting firms and lots of researchers have come up with sort of frameworks that can help guide managers through these through these processes, because at the end of the day, you know, I think what COVID is, has really thrown into sharp relief is, our human resources are our most important resources. And, you know, whether it's women being crushed by the burden of childcare or mental health issues that have surfaced as a result or, 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 or um, I think organizations really have have recognized that they have to do things differently in order to rebuild better.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a different world altogether. Wendy, thank you so much for your time this morning. I really appreciate it. Thanks for your interest. Yeah, that's Dr. Uh, Wendy Sukier, or Sukier, I apologize, who is the founder and academic director of the Ted Rogers School of Management's Diversity Institute at Ryerson University.